0: This WestWords Mini Masterclass is a production of WestWords, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. For more information on WestWords and what we do, please go to westwords.com.au. Hello and welcome to today's mini masterclass with me, James Roy from Westwards. And today I'm very excited to have a friend and special guest here, Wai Chim. How are you, Wei?
1: I'm very well, James. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited.
0: You're very welcome. And um, it's lovely to talk to you. Uh, last thing, I think the last time we spoke was up at Varuna. You were our mentor last year for the Westwards Veruna residency, weren't you? And you had some four lovely ladies that you were working with. So, But that was a year ago, almost.
1: It was almost a year ago. How time... But have flies very very quickly correct, and
0: depending on what it is you're doing
1: <laughs> yeah it depends um, on what you do
0: yeah I mean well well you've been busy uh since we last spoke because um you've I was very excited to have someone say to to me um oh you know that one of our mutual friends is on Survivor Australia coming up and I went oh which one and they said wait Jim and I said no really <laughs>
1: <laughs> who is this person who spoke and who told you this? I'm always curious how people found out within my circles and everything. This
0: from Westwards, but anyway, <laughs>
1: there you go.
0: But um, you know, and, and and they had a, I think they had a slightly different take on it this time. They called it brains versus brawn. Which is, I mean, is that that is that? Are you supposed to proudly acknowledge that I I have a good brain but I'm weak, or I am really muscly but I'm not very? smart like how did they pick people to do this because you're on the brain i just want to say you're on the brain side it's always good to have writers on that side of things
1: yeah i think um i thought it was a pretty i thought they picked the contestants and the different sides pretty pretty well actually all things Consider. I was a little bit nervous. I knew I was going to go and be brains because who else am I going to be? i and it's not that writers can't be strong. I am not a strong, physically strong person. I barely go to the gym. Like I acknowledge that to be physically strong, you need to be working on that, and that is not something I choose to work on. There
0: but then, with serious physical guns, weren't there? There, there were some pretty like Gavin Wanganine, who's a bronze yeah. medalist, and you know some pretty, pretty serious physical
1: players. Yeah, definitely on that bronze side. But even on the brain side, there were quite a lo- number of people that I think could have gone on either way. Um, certainly someone like Andrew, who's you know like he was a physical competitor. Like, sure he's small, but um, you know he's very well. You know, very um dexterous and like fast and nimble and agile and was very quick so gave us a lot of physical advantages i think for the tribe and then i think yeah um someone like baden who is a pro cyclist you know ex-pro cyclist but then of course he's his new his more recent endeavors are as an entrepreneur so that include they decided that that qualified him for brains which also again was a really interesting combo i think um, probably, yeah, there were more kind of slightly brawnier brains. Thing. I think they There were brainy brawns as well. I think, you know, there were definitely some clever people there. But then also, some, <laughs> I won't comment too much, but there were definitely some question marks on some of, some of those b- puzzling abilities on the other side.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was one without... <laughs> I was amused when... I can't even remember who it was, but one of the people who got evicted sort of back in the, in the second half Um literally went down to the waterhole after they'd been told you don't tell anyone this and they walked down and said "I guess what they just told me not to say it's like you're not very smart are you you haven't
1: seen this game before yeah there was a bit of there were some question mark parts there
0: for sure and of course the person who ended up winning the whole thing Hayley is a um she's a, a a pain researcher and also a bit of a physical gun because she's she's got incredible stamina and and speed so um, yeah
1: she's actually a professionally trained dancer so she well, actually trained and um was yeah she spent quite almost a year and a half kind of um being essentially being a professional dancer kind of but decided that that wasn't something the kind of life she wanted to lead and went back to being a pain researcher what an incredible woman to be able to have those options for she's just so amazingly talented no wonder she won yeah,
0: and, and the, the way she was able to oh, that makes sense now because it was one of those challenges when she was trying to get back in where she was put up against the ex-professional cyclist and she basically had to hang on to something with her toes for an hour and a half. and, And that makes sense now. I guess she just sort of channeled all that point training she'd done or something. I don't know.
1: Absolutely. Ballet, I think, is the torture, the good torture prerequisite to, yeah, take on survivor challenges.
0: Well, you might not know this, I might have told you, but our executive director, Michael Campbell, he was actually a principal dancer with the West Australian Ballet.
1: I remember that and I I, when you told me that you were the one who told me that James right. and then afterwards when I'd seen Michael a few times I'm like oh yeah that makes sense and everything and I think it is just you know I think he still has a way of moving and stuff like that I could well, totally he certainly see did
0: when when he and I were at a camp and there were all these boys from um Granville Boys High who were kind of saying to me oh, who, who's that guy what's he doing they'd all been playing soccer and I said oh he, he's a former dancer said, oh dancer! I thought that was hilarious and I said to Michael how, how flexible are you and he said he put his foot up beside the side of his head. Wow. And they were just like, okay, that's impressive. <laughs>
1: Physically, it's incredible and stuff like that. Absolutely.
0: Anyway, look, what I wanted to really talk to you about in terms of the survivor thing is um, something that I, I was telling you before we started that when I was, there have been occasions as a writer where I've gone, what kind of personal challenge can I give myself? And there's, there's a long history to, to you know, inform myself as a writer. And there's a long history of people doing this, people who learn to run marathons so they can explore that side of things. Or there was that um, that book, My Side of the Mountain, which, you know, about a young guy goes off to see if he can challenge himself in the woods for a winter. And, and I had a couple of other examples. Oh, you know, I, I personally went and worked in a music shop for a couple of years because I thought I want to understand that side of things and, and whatnot. My, you might make a boat because you want to know what boat building's about or whatever. You went on Survivor for what reason? What was what was your main motivation to throw your hat in the ring for this very difficult thing? Because you, you went, you went, you were in the you were the fifth last one out. You were in the last five, so you were there for almost fifty days. 45. I was
1: there for forty four. Um, incredibly.
0: And they were very tough, tough conditions. Um, I I imagine. What was it that made you go? I want to do this.
1: Yeah. Um. So really, I think I wasn't approaching it as a writer I think I just approach most things as me and way the weirdo kind of thought that this would be an interesting thing to do um so a few things one was um I I there because of the way this particular season um came about because they were supposed to film it last year but then because of COVID they had to cancel it so then they um brought the theme over and basically um, needed to fill in some gaps, so I was a gap filler. If that made sense, it wasn't like my dream. I'm not Haley. Haley is an amazing, you know, she's been a fan forever. But um, I was a gap filler. And but in that, considering it as a gap filler, I recognized that Way is the weirdo, and Way Wei is the was just extremely curious. The first thing that I wanted to know was like, how does this get done? What what is it like to live in the wilderness? What's it like to film a reality TV show? What is this entire experience of um, survivor, not just to play a game and like, you know, see what, it, but I was so curious about everything that went on behind the scenes. I wanted to know, you know, how many people are there? How do they get people from point A to point B? Is there like, you know, is there a specialist, um, you know, survival expert, all of those things to, to all these questions that I had. And the second I had those questions, I knew that the only way I was going to get answers for them was to go on the show, basically. And because it already, arrived and I was like yep I'm going to try my absolute best and they took me and it was really really fascinating and I just wanted to learn as much as possible because I knew that if I ever if I said no and I didn't do it and I said I would regret it forever because I would always go but what if and what if and I'll always have these questions so that was it that was my natural writer curiosity but I only think it's a writer curiosity I wasn't thinking about it as a writer I was just like I have to know now you've you've opened the box I'm gonna look inside (laughs) and whatever happens happens
0: that is part of what makes a good writer though is that natural curiosity so it's interesting so i've just remembered the other example i was searching for a minute ago with this immersive thing jane burke went out went pig hunting jc burke went pig hunting and actually had to. of course
1: she would oh my god (laughs) i can see her as a pig hunter she's
0: great for for her book pig boy i think it was um Mm. so look my my daughter hadn't ever watched survivor before i i hadn't watched it much i I don't watch much commercial TV because I get really bored with the ads and I get frustrated that the longer the show goes on, the, the longer the ad breaks. And I don't have time for that. But um, my time's is far, far too important. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, of course. Um, I'd rather watch strangers live in houses and, and live in the bush. But <laughs> you weren't a stranger, which is what drew me to it. And I said, I said to my, daughter who, my adult daughter who has never watched Survivor, I said, you're going to watch Survivor with me. A, a friend of mine is on Survivor. And she said, oh, you know, isn't it just people doing things like, you know, they put put spiders on their head and, and make them eat weird stuff? And I said, no, no, actually, I, I think it's more about the socio-political stuff, you know, the way you navigate all these competing kind of interests and so forth. And so she, she kind of like, oh, okay, I think I prefer the spiders. But she came along and we were completely hooked into it. Um, so what was tougher was it was it the conditions that you had to face because they there were 45 degree days out there and the, you're telling me there were brown snakes all over the place and plus plus a um a, Lib- a labor party operative from bankstown who, <laughs> who, who did his best to destroy everything um was it the conditions or the challenges of the shifting social political landscape that you found more challenging and which of those t- two things did you really if it, if it either did you look at and go wow this I can really use this in my writing
1: experience yeah um, it's I think for me personally personally it was the physical challenges because again I'm pretty weak I think we were talking about that and you were asking can you swim and I'm like uh, not really well I'm clearly I'm not
0: convinced you can you tell me you can but I, I have <laughs> and, no and, oh, it's
1: it's it's borderline it's borderline for sure <laughs> definitely not shown on that show I I yeah. certainly
0: didn't want to turn into a snuff movie where we watched
1: just watch her drown it'll watch be fine
0: american australian ro- young adult rider <laughs> drown. just get out.
1: rid of her yeah exactly that's how you get rid of them you just shove them in the water um, right. but yeah so so for me over the, physical-
0: the beginning of the day and you've got eight now i don't know they're probably in the pond <laughs>
1: yeah that's easy just eliminate good enough them for a failure selection. it's good enough for a way right yeah. That's right. Um, For me, it was the physical challenges. And that's just because personally, uh, those are the things that are most challenging. The the socio-political landscape is the most fascinating. I think um, certainly part of the motivation to be there is also to understand the different dynamics and to also understand you know how are you going to navigate these waters of really different personalities many very outgoing personalities i think the political operative being one of those you know very extreme very out there types of people um to come on the show so um me as a writer was able, saw this and also recognize these are characters, you know, they have motivations, they have, um, you know, reasons for doing things. And once you understand those, then it's much easier to negotiate, form relationships and, you know, kind of navigate your own journey through that. So for me, the socio-political stuff was, and the social stuff was, was, the, was the most fascinating for me, but also where I felt personally, I guess, the most comfortable. I think I developed really good relationships with everyone, um, because I am just a friendly, likable, bubbly person, James. (laughs) But um, in doing that, it also introduced me, I think, and will be something that I think will be the most interesting elements for me to lean on in my future work. As a writer, I think definitely I met characters and characters, but also individuals, but met people that I would never have encountered as myself, as a writer. It's just, you know, we, do tend to live in our bubbles and live within our own ecosystems and understandings and this exposed me to new dynamics and you know and ways of thinking that I hadn't previously encountered and also but in doing that I think the strongest thing that's going to influence my writing is my own personal journey of going through this very difficult process and it was the challenges I think of how I was and how I felt about the challenges, the nervousness, the fear, how I had to go through the difficult thing of just out, staying alive, really staying and during the 44 days that I was out there, knowing that, you know, like you could always, you know, give up or convince, but you're not going to. What pushes you to do that, even though, um, you know, at different moments, you have different psychological reactions to things. There are definitely there were definitely moments where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And just having like there are walls that you hit psychologically that you have to keep going over and what that feels like and having you know I I live a very comfortable life and having never really had to do the same amount of that or do it in different ways it just reminds you that's the stuff that I think as a writer you can connect to those really human emotions those base emotions especially being tired and hungry and you know adapting that makes um, really strong material I think for um, books and stories and understanding people and how they work.
0: When you've, you've said, you've spoken more in the last 10 minutes than I think you spoke on the entire <laughs> series of Survivor. Is Was that, <laughs> to get back to strategy for a minute, was was that flying under the radar thing a, a bit of a strategy or were you just not being edited in? And, and that leads to my second question, which is, what did you learn? I, I assume you went back and watched it. What, what did you learn from, as a writer and uh, somebody who works within structure, what did you learn about editing and and how you can make a story say one thing when the reality might be something very different
1: yeah um I definitely spoke a lot more than they showed me but I was a quieter person so I think um while you had a lot to, like, of it, it
0: was, around you didn't you so.
1: yeah well I didn't make any grandstanding gesture like you know declarations you know I didn't like say like that was my idea and how dare she we're gonna get rid of her tonight you know I didn't make those types of statements because that just wasn't my thing and of course bankstown is here (laughs) that's right that's right the number of times you work bankstown into a line i I didn't make those types of i don't i didn't probably make super good tv in in my in the way i um say things and stuff i'm a very you know level-headed calm um, I think a number of my tribe mates called me, you know, very articulate in all of those things because I am a writer. So I'm very careful about what I say to be not too kind of kind of caustic in, in my decorations, which means that on a TV ele- element, you do kind of go, oh, this person said something way more, you know, um, controversial. We're going to show that. So so you do see that. You makes you makes TV. Um, you so, yeah. So, mm. Sorry, go on. And so yeah so um to so yeah controversy makes makes good tv and then i guess in the editing sense i'm not surprised that that happened and i think throughout my time there i definitely could see they were leaning on different story points as a storyteller and i could see immediately that they were casting me or i was playing a type of role or playing a type of character on the show and even watching it back i'm like that's not me that's a character of caricature of me like a little way avatar moving through the show so i wasn't surprised i think as a storyteller i wasn't surprised by how everything ended up being portrayed um there were and how the editing was done and um yeah, and I think I even leaned into some of it here and there as I was out there with my experience because I recognized that that was sort of the story that they wanted to tell, and the story to the story I wanted to tell as well because I knew I wasn't going to be like the bold, you know, strategist with, with everything holding on to every string and manipulating people all the way through because that just wasn't me as a player. So I could, yeah, kind of lean into that a little bit more.
0: Did you? Um, I mean, did did you feel that? This is sort of from an interested party rather than a writer, but did you find that the the editing was done after the materials presented? They weren't they weren't sort of setting you up for things in a sense.
1: No, I the editing is done after everything has been um completed so basically and and this is you know people talk about the winners at it and you know the the rob oh, like the, this stuff is is apparent because i think they tell they structure the story knowing what's going to happen at the end and the, you do they want you to fall in love with the right people and be t- you know t- torn apart when your favorite gets booted all of those things they want those emotional touch points the way we do as writers as well they know how to control that story but they need to know what the plot is before they can work well they need to know what actually happens before they can work that out
0: one thing i think that someone can really learn from watching something like a show like survivor from a writing perspective or a storytelling perspective is how to set up a really good villain and i'm i know you think i'm going to talk about george but i'm, I'm really not i'm going to talk about Emmett because i I detested Emmett from the get-go. By the end, I kind of didn't so much, although I I, I question his choice of Lycra. but um,
1: <laughs> You and everyone else,
0: <laughs> especially
1: what, those out there.
0: What? Way too much information.
1: Uh, anyway, but, um, but the
0: thing about Emmett, you know, for anyone who hasn't watched it, Emmett is this sort of um, Iron Man from WA, very brash, very confident, very outspoken, um, quite a good-looking guy, but clearly, you know, had a very strong ego. And one of the first challenges, he all he had to do was pick up a beanbag and walk over and drop it in a ring. And he stood there and taunted someone from the other side. And they almost got it off him. And I as a as the person who kind of loves story was going, that's that for him. That guy is toast. He's going to get back to the back to the camp and they're going to turn on him and go, you almost cost us that challenge because of your arrogance and it didn't happen. And I thought, that's really interesting. And so that was sort of one of the first moments I thought I need to watch this for no other reason than I I can see that the way you set up a villain is very different from the, the kind of, um, the kind of uh stereotypical approach you might take to villainy villain what's the word
1: what's no not vilify these are the opposite but yeah villainize
0: exactly i mean is that the kind of thing that you found yourself going to as a as a writer in your head like i can use these characters in this way oh
1: Probably not in the moment, because it's funny, because, of course, what you see, these are real people to me. So I'm a bit like, hey, you know, I like him he's my friend. But no, he's totally a villain. He loved and he owns that. Like, you know, so as much as he was playing up a lot of those traits to make good TV, I think he has has a good sense of who he wanted to be and how he'd get some airtime and stuff like that. And, you know, and he's actually a nice guy. He's oh, a really yeah, lively guy. Yeah, but before, this is nothing. Like of really that. like him yeah. yeah, but this is and it's funny because I think when you talk about the villains that they set up, you know, and you talk about Emmett and you also mentioned George, and I think yeah, those are really classic. You're right because that's the edit that was given, and it's also I guess reflective of how I um we do see traits and we do see um what we as humans kind of lean towards. It's exactly that, you know, oh, this person must be this type of person and he's a villain and I don't like like what they've done there. Like so-and-so is told this terrible lie or, you know, done this thing to manipulate someone or done things. And we all kind of have those ideas of what makes a villain. And I think it's really interesting because the way story shows a villain is different, I think, to, or a hero is different And you can you can play with those elements with the same thing, same set of events happening, what you choose to focus on. Um, and how you, the language you use to demonstrate that action is, sets up the villain or the hero in that way, you know, because there are many ways that Emmett's um, actions could be seen as like cheeky and a little bit like, you know, he's a confident guy and all that stuff, but that's not how they show it. And then they do cut some guy going like, hey, we almost lost it there. You know, what was that all about? And those confessionals to tell those types of stories. So it's, it's really interesting how we how the show deliberately sets up those roles and everyone plays a character myself included and we all had these little character defining moments and um it's funny because i think lots of people resist their characterization as well and try to be someone that they're not and try to be, you know, a a hero or, but there's an idea in someone's in and ultimately the showrunners and the executive producers, they have an idea and they can control it. So it doesn't matter what you do, you're still going to be the character they want you to be. And you think you have semblance and control and more than anything, it is that you have no control over this story. You are a character being moved and you can either go with it and make it easier or, you're done for. Yeah. And the lack of control is the really hard part, especially as a writer, where you feel like you can control everything. You have no control because your entire story is in someone else's hands.
0: So I've got three more questions for you fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. First one is, we can deal with this one quite quickly. Um, you were, You were very early on identified as being the person who would handle the puzzles because you're not the most physically intimidating person on the set and you're you're you're, you wear glasses so you're obviously really smart um clearly (laughs) clearly um and so did that put extra pressure on you with those sorts of challenges like oh cracky, they're gonna have to do the hard physical graft and i'm just gonna have to come through with the other stuff or was it just i mean is that a silly question did it just kind of
1: i didn't put my hand up i said early that i liked puzzles and that was something that i said so then that kind of put me into that thing um yeah, I didn't. I was worried. I was definitely worried. But I knew that if I didn't earn my keep winning, like solving puzzles, I was done for, you know, I was definitely sent packing. So I needed to give value of some description. And fortunately, I was actually okay at the puzzles. I was, I was thinking that more people would be because other people put their hands up for puzzles. And I was like, oh, okay, well, we should give them a chance. But I think ultimately, I was a surer bet in some of them. In some of
0: them <laughs> i've got to say that i i had enormous admiration for you with that the challenge towards the end where you had to run up up and down that hill and you weren't going to win that the the three the three people who were up for immunity had got their thing by then but you still persisted and finished it and i just want to personally tell you that that was very impressive to to me to watch you to do that um thank you uh so two more questions then um do you think this is This experience will have obviously made you feel like you're a better person, that you know more about yourself and other people. Has it made you a better, do you think it's made you as a stronger artist?
1: I don't think it's made me a stronger artist, no. I think um, it's taught me a lot about myself as a person. Um, I don't know if it's made me a better person. It's just um, taught me a lot. I think it's an experience that I found personally very valuable in terms of insight and, you know, introspection. Um, as an artist, I don't feel like it's changed me and the way I approach um, my writing and my work that much. Um, I think it's more maybe I have a, more, a greater sense of maturity of understanding interactions with people. Um, I don't, and that's just part of the art. It's not really, I don't think it informs the art, but it's more like how you navigate the, the, administrative things like you know (laughs) communications with editors and all those things I think those those things are probably more informed by this thing anything else
0: so um if this were to lead to a project would it be a survivalist book using the things you've experienced or would it you take some of the insights you've gained to inform the way you approach characters or in other words if this leads to if you use this experience in a a work of in a written book, in a novel or whatever. Is it gonna be the plot or the character side of things that you think it really helps?
1: I think for me, I don't think I'm gonna be like writing a survivor book or anything like that. Like what's it like living in the outback kind of thing. I think what I experienced was such a, I guess, controlled experience of what it's like to live in the outback. I don't think that's genuine in the way that I could now feel confident in writing something like that. I could probably write something about reality TV and that could be an interesting point. More, It was more I went on a reality TV show than I went on a survival experience. So, um, But in terms of what I actually think will inform my writing, I think it will be the personal insights again that can inform characters because now you're not just talking about what it's like to, say, face a challenge that you know you're never going to win, but you somehow have some weird dogged determination to at least finish the bloody thing because, I don't know, that's what your brain says to do. Those types of things of having experience of that and what was the thought process behind that to feel genuine, I think, is what's going to be most valuable um, in my writing because I write very, I guess I'm very informed by personal um like kind of aha moments, you know, like, I'll be like, Oh, okay. I understand that. Now I finally understand something. And I'm, I'm a little bit more mature in my thought process now. So that was something that I actually had to actively work on and get there. So that's going to be what I'm going to write about that moment. And that's that, comes in quite nicely as a as a package of of writing is kind of understanding the personal transformation that you go through because that's the type of work that I I I lean in on rather than I'm not very good uh you know imagining fantastical environments and things and making a lot of it up well so much of it is informed from the human experience which I think will yeah, hopefully, be something. We'll see. <laughs> it's still a bit hard to write. You know, we only just came out of lockdown and stuff. It's been tough. It's been tough. So, you know, part of Survivor was like, I wasn't being that great creatively. Um, you know, I don't know how you felt, James. Um, oh, but yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, not really. Um, yeah, yeah. So- I to someone this morning that, um, or yesterday actually that it is a bit, a little bit tricky because you the the space that you used to go just to write and whatever. Now is also the place where you talk to your family on zoom it's where you have your staff meetings it's where you you go to you know whatever and it's um yeah it, it means that when you go and sit down there you you don't feel like you're in your happy writing place do you
1: no it's very different and i think that's something
0: i'm using anyway
1: <laughs> yeah or like even the things that used to stimulate you would be like you know watching interactions on the train or going to a park and watching people and just observing those aren't available so you're kind of i was drawing from a creative black hole so i was like oh yeah i'll go on survivor that'll top it up
0: <laughs> were you allowed to take a notebook and paper and pen
1: nope wasn't allowed notebook and pen uh tried sticks in the dirt doesn't work um I actually started writing a little bit on my thigh just for that cathartic like feeling of writing to put because I have to process thoughts in written form like it can be typing or whatever but has to be words um because I was just like you know overwhelmed by everything around there but yeah it was tough it was really
0: tough and I guess no Facebook yeah
1: yeah, that was actually okay. I didn't actually miss the phones. Once you're out there, you're so cut off from the rest of the world, you it becomes your world. And it was, yeah, that part was fine. It was just the processing what the heck was going on around me.
0: Well, this is a little bit nerdy, uh, but um, the way I call, I do the the evening meal in our house and um, the way I summon the family now is, um, as per Jonathan Lapalia, coming in guys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all oh, wandering, but
0: one one day they're gonna notice that their their numbers are diminishing one by one
1: <laughs> you're just feeding them different things yeah exactly you' are like
0: oh <laughs> look so way chim thank you so much for talking to us I really appreciate it. I, I just it was just something that when I saw you on there I thought I need to understand how she is using this as a writer and whether she is at all because I, I've always felt that I would but I'm not sure now that I would I might I might find myself talk, looking at it the same way you did um anyone who wants to watch it you kind of now have a little bit of um a few spoilers but you can go back to 10 play and check it out and it's um it's pretty fascinating it's a, it was a wild ride from our end so i can only imagine what it was like from your end
1: it was great it's been great to have all the support i think and all my you know whether whether you liked it or not um it was really great to know that people were watching and you know i had my writer writing cohort behind me so thank you
0: no worries okay well and when we when we have our survivor survivor westwards we'll get you along as the host hey?
1: i can be jlp yeah can i volunteer for that role
0: <laughs> I, was, I was excited the other day because i i've turned into a bit of a nerd now I, I i was watching the sopranos for the third time all the way through and jonathan lapalia turns up in one of those
1: He does. It's right. Because he was an actor and all of those things. Yeah, Yeah, that's right.
0: (laughs) All right. Thanks, Way. I appreciate your time. Thank you. I
1: appreciate it, James.